All right. Hi, everyone. This, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited to have on the show today, Charles DeBorsi. Uh, Charles has a PhD from Stanford in applied physics, has a really interesting background, a Fulbright science and technology fellow at Stanford University. He was there for five years. He's done some interesting things. He has some, a strong passion in health, but I'm not going to steal a thunder. Charles, welcome to the show. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great, Charles. Uh, so a couple of things. Thanks for making time in a busy week to sit down with me and to do this show, assuming we're doing this virtually. So I'm assuming you're sitting down. I, I know we did video. I'm sitting down. You're sitting down. It's great to ground. And Maybe, uh, Charles, maybe you can take us uh, from the beginning and tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit uh, what led you to become the person you are and a little bit about your origin story. Yeah, totally. So maybe I'll start with how I got into the general health field, which I think is an interesting story. For me, it was really about working in a space that's wide open with possibilities where the energy I put in goes a long way towards improving people's lives. Um, mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, I was um, originally in physics, right? And got my PhD in applied physics. And um, so I put a lot of thought into what do I want my research to be? How do I um, choose something that will really keep me motivated? And what I realized in that moment is that physics is a very, very old, noble, fundamental science that where there exists already a huge body of knowledge and in the beginning of grad school it made me feel like what can what could I possibly bring to this given how many other people are working in this field that are much smarter than me right whereas I didn't get this feeling with the field of biotechnology because in recent decades it's just wherever you look it's just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough and all these breakthroughs are really improving people's lives so um, after realizing that, um, that's what really drew me into this field. And so I knew that there was a lot of progress being made by applying techniques and approaches and mathematical modeling um, ideas from physics to biology. And so that's how, kind of how I got into that. I love it. I love it. Uh, Charles, maybe you can walk me through. So I appreciate your background, definitely. Really fascinating. Can you tell me a little bit about your passions for the intersection, maybe, of health and physics? Maybe some of the things in health that have you fascinated today to work on, to try, to experience. I'd just love to hear a, a little bit more about the present and hear about the present and how you think about health today and you know some of the topics in health that have your fixation. Yeah, um, you mentioned uh, the topic of intersection which is really one of the things that excites me very much nowadays because I think that we are kind of in a golden age where technological advances from many different fields are coming together to create kind of this explosion in the amount of biological information that it is possible to measure. So, for example, I mean, the area I'm most familiar with is DNA sequencing and genomics. And all of the research that is being done nowadays, all the data that's being acquired in this field is only possible thanks to things like modern improvements in camera technology as related to physics, because you want to be able to image fluorescent spots and then derive insights from that. So for example, that's one area of intersection. 
or um, another one is microfluidics, being able to use the laws of physics to manipulate individual cells and gain insight into individual human cells in a way that was not possible before. Mm. Um, and um, so I think the things like that allow you to measure a lot more biological information than was possible before. And the reason that's exciting, in my opinion, is because many issues in medicine are ones of measurement and detection. It's about having the right information at the right time, right? So, for example, can we know if a person has cancer before it has spread throughout the body? Or can we know whether the bacteria infecting a patient are resistant to a certain antibiotic we're thinking of administering or not? So, better information at the right time leads to faster research progress and better management of disease. And so, yeah, just to come back to the field of genomics, which is the one that uh, I know the most about. Um, so these technologies have already made a big difference today in non-invasive prenatal testing or prediction of organ transplant rejection much earlier than possible before, uh, or as I mentioned, infectious disease diagnosis or detection of residual blood cancer cells after treatment. Mm. I, I, I love it. And it's, it's you know, such a fascinating area when you're talking about genomics, you're talking about DNA, genes and and health and it is such a golden age right i agree with you completely charles um you know i'd love to hear a little bit more on uh, um from a consumer perspective you know how maybe someone should you know your friends or family when you when you have them think about their own genomics and their own dna what are some things that you recommend um to get to understand their own biology you know is it a matter of you, you know you promote everyone to go get a 23andme test and some other you know, maybe like microbiome tests. I, I mean, it's never been easier to get to know oneself from a biological standpoint. Just love to hear about, you know, some of the consumer-friendly ways of understanding biometrics that you recommend these days or, or you're starting to think about or have some passion around. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. So definitely, I think the option um, that's most that's easiest to get access to right now is, as you mentioned, 23andMe or other genomic tests, which can tell you about your uh, risks, say, for cancer and also about your heritage, which is all very interesting. And of course, your genome doesn't really change over the course of your life. So right. you find out something about yourself, but it's kind of a one-time insight, potentially. So that's why I think... Um, it's also interesting what you mentioned about microbiome because this is information that can uh, change every day, every week. And so if you measure it, if you go to one of these companies that offer microbiome measurements, then um, you can find out something about your, your body today and then the next day and then the next day and see how things change. Now, the issue with that, although it's very exciting, is that a lot of the insights that you might get are not really actionable yet in terms of how you want to change your lifestyle or think about your own kind of medical treatments. Um, I think we are not quite there yet in terms of making that information actionable. Mm -hmm. But another point that I'm excited about, so you mentioned microbiome. I think um, another field is the immune system, right? Um, can we move towards tests that tell you this is how my immune system is doing today. Um, this is how it's doing 
um, against this particular infection I have right now. Um, there are a lot of new technologies that can measure um, how your immune cells are functioning in the moment, which uh, might lead to interesting consumer tests down the line. And mm -hmm. then I know also that there are certain companies that are able to measure the health of your internal organs through a simple blood test, so in a very non-invasive um, way. So the, the, these technologies are also still under development, but I think pretty soon we'll see um, consumer technologies that allow you to say, this is how my liver is doing, um, just from a simple um, blood test, this is damage that has occurred in my liver, or, or things like that. I love it. I love it. And you know, what's fascinating about your background to me and your passions for this area is that you, you know, you've been able to parallel, you know, the, the computing, the infrastructure side of like, you know, parallel sequencing, uh, sequence and a passion for sequencing and applying the sciences to data and system sequencing and kind of the merging of, of that, you know, from a, um, from a, a DNA, you know, genomics perspective and the cross section of the science is really fascinating i guess um let me ask you charles when it comes to uh the parallels of these spaces i mean what other what other things are you seeing i mean i guess what other innovations or sciences need to still be created for us to really get to a sense where we can really fortify the human body we can match the human body uh you know with exactly the therapies that are needed at the right time to eradicate some of these diseases we have the human genome mapped we have a lot of strong data science platforms and infrastructure pieces in place. Uh, we have the CRISPR technology that's out there. Um, Elon Musk yesterday, right, announces this interesting uh, intersection of, of um, you know, computer mind interface, um, which is all in this in-between area of fascinating and scary, right? I think everyone would agree. Um, but what, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, what else needs to be created for us to, to really be a fortified body and to be like disease proof or experience and to do doing so in an ethical way. So I know that's like 20 questions in one, but I just love to hear about how you think about these things. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I think, um, as you mentioned, a lot of progress is being made, a lot of interest from the software and data science world uh, for issues in medicine right now, which is super exciting. And I think that's the only thing that's making all this progress possible is that um, cloud uh, providers and software engineers and data scientists are all pouring this energy into making this huge scale of data that comes from genomics, for example, actually useful for medical research. Now, I think what needs to happen in the future, though, to really realize the promise of impact even more, is just a tightening of this feedback loop um, between the, the software technology and the wet lab biologists, people mm -hmm. working in the lab and developing uh, new treatments and so on. This feedback loop, I feel like it's still often kind of two separate worlds that uh, the, the lab biologists and the software engineers that are trying to interact more and more, but it's not quite figured out yet. So I think mm -hmm. one example of this is um, there are a lot of startups nowadays that 
um, proposed to revolutionize drug discovery um, mm-hmm. uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, right? Um, which is a really interesting idea, but it's not exactly a new one, right? <laughs> there was this article in 1981, I think, in Discover magazine that already talked about the promise of computer-aided drug design and how it can make drug discovery much faster and therefore, you know, make people healthier. But even now, 40 years later, the promise hasn't been quite realized. And so it's really inspiring to see that a lot of these startups that work in this space right now recognize that it's not simply a software problem. Actually, they uh, it's also a problem of doing enough experiments. So they are spinning up all these robotics facilities to test more and more compounds and have them go through biological review as well as data scientist review. And so I think organizations like that are really working on tightening that feedback loop and mm-hmm. that to a lot of advances. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I, I really appreciate your blend of uh, a passion for this space, this, the sciences and merging kind of the the science of, uh, of the, the wet world and the, uh, the science world. That kind of sounds funny to say, but um, I, I love your, your focus in this area. I guess along the lines of, you know, these cutting edge futuristic uh, technologies that are in front of us, ready to be productized, ready to be disseminated. Tell me a little bit of Charles and, and hopefully it's not dystopian. I don't think you would have it. I, I, just from understanding you, up to this point, I don't think you'd have a dystopian version of the future. But but tell me about the future of health, according to Charles. What do you see happening? What do you see coming to fruition? Um, in terms of what I see coming to fruition, I think there are beginning. So there have been a lot of advances in new types of therapeutics um, that are already beginning to realize their promise. And it's quite obvious that more and more progress will happen in that uh, area and so the example I'm thinking of specifically is that of, for example, CAR T cell therapy for cancer, so cancer immunotherapy, um, where there is this completely um, kind of new therapeutic paradigm where you take a patient's own immune cells and re-engineer them to attack the patient's own tumor and then infuse these cells back into the patient. So mm. it's a kind of living drug right that's a new paradigm right once again this idea has been around since the 80s at least but it's only now that the treatments people have developed are becoming really effective now there are two fda approved therapies of this sort for blood cancers and so with advances like CRISPR um, making it much much easier to edit cells and also cheaper um, I think we're just bound to see this type of approach applied to more and more different types of tumors and diseases. And I think that's, that's very, very exciting. I uh, love it. I love it. You know, one, one topic, and I'm sure you, you think about this a lot as well, just knowing, I mean, full disclosure, you're a smart guy, right? I was also looking at uh, a lot of the other like extracurricular things that you do and accomplishments um, that you, you're, you're, you're involved in. I'm curious on a total kind of converse, you know, how do you think of the spiritual or mental side of health? And, you know, some of these creations are super powerful that can take the, the human body and our humanity to a whole other level. How do you personally think about, you know, spiritual mental sides and, you know, are 
are there points in the future with um, biological editing or biological adjustment to us that you feel may go too far? Or are there considerations that we should be having for these sciences and new sciences that are being birthed to consider, you know, the spiritual side, the mental side of our humanity? Um, you know, for instance, like I would think we go too far if we replace our brain with like a total computer brain. I think we went too far. But anyway, hopefully this is, that's not a hokey answer, uh, question, um, but I, I just love your thoughts. Yeah, um, that is... Yeah. Or is there a blend even? You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that's a very interesting question. I think um, for me, the way I think about it is personally, I'm really only interested in kind of bioengineering insofar as it helps people live healthier lives or like solve a specific problem right bug in the body which we would call a disease that's kind of the area i'm interested in i um i would say yeah there are a lot of things that you can do with genome engineering that in my opinion would go uh a lot too far so for me it's really about being really mm -hmm. targeted and saying this disease requires this type of um very targeted intervention to to cure and then going after that i love it i love it charles this is great um be sensitive to your time it was really to you know come on and share your story with or your background through what led you to become the person you are. I'm very fascinated by the blend of the different sciences and disciplines that have made you who you are. And, and it really makes obviously unique. I've, I've never really heard someone, you know, blending these worlds like you do. And so kudos to what you're doing. Kudos to, you know, your process and, and what you've been uh, continue to, you know, become in your work. Um, Charles, I promise my last question is social media and, uh, you know, are on social media, what would be, or, you know, or, or if you'd like people to connect with you like directly or through email or, or, you know, if anyone, if you'd like anyone to reach out, what would be a, a good way to do so, Charles? Um, yeah, probably the easiest way is to reach out through LinkedIn. Uh, great. LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, Charles, hey, thank you again so much. This was great having you on. Congratulations on everything you've uh, accomplished so far. Uh, feels also like you're just getting started, which is, which is powerful. So, you know, please remember the small people as you, um, you know, you know, ascend to become, <laughs> you know, maybe one day the, the chief scientist of the, the planet Earth or, or, or something along those lines. But all kidding aside, Charles, this was great to have you on. And I really appreciate your time. Great. Thanks so much, Anthony. And congrats on all your great work as well. And um, it's been a really fun conversation. Thank you so much, Charles. Much appreciated. Thanks.